listen to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. They're wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. From hair wrong, I'm listening to hair wrong. Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still gotta keep the world together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gon' do it like, like us? Birds of a feather flock together, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still kicking facts up under pressure, yeah, yeah. Hello, 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 and thank you for joining us on Heron's Home Podcast. I'm your host, Corey Robertson, alongside my sound man extraordinaire, Rico G. What's going on, everybody? How y'all doing? And we've returned for episode 235. Welcome back, everyone. What's going on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, uh, yeah, man, what you been getting into this week? Um, I saw the, the first episode of Moon Knight. That was pretty cool. That was exciting. See, you know, and I was going to talk to you earlier and be like, fun. do you want to talk about it today or on Sunday? But I... I I left it for Sunday, so we'll talk about that that's Sunday. That's cool, that's cool. Yeah, because I'm excited to talk about that too. It was it was interesting. Like it's definitely got me like curious. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm curious to see how this all plays out. I've seen mostly positive <laughs> um um reception. Oh, so that's good. Yeah, you know that's 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 all I can hope for. And everybody yeah. was super like, I I can imagine that it's a it's a storyline that that is hard to put your hands on Fuck from the yeah. first episode because oh, yeah. no there's no plot spoilers like i didn't see a single thing that i had to scroll past that was just like <laughs> oh wait 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 that, that's questionable nope everyone was like i'm really intrigued pretty much that's it pretty yeah, much. that's it <laughs> like i have no idea what i watched episode but I'm one intrigued. is mostly like introductory and just due to the nature of the character it's a bit disjointing but at the end of the day it's it was still fun and i'm very much curious to see where they go i do love that actor though He's oh, what's his name again? Oscar Isaac. Oscar Isaac. The shit, man. He's man. He acts the shit out. The and roles. he's been like his last like ten roles have been like fire too. Oh yeah, no, I mean his agent's on. He's on fire. Facts, his agent's facts. on fire. Like, yeah, I mean, like it, it's 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 a good good combo he's got rocking there. But yeah, so I look forward to talking about that on Sunday. But yeah, uh, you been watching anything else? Yeah, I also saw this um this uh I would describe it as a quirky horror comedy. It's uh, called Werewolves Within. And it's about like this. Um, it's about this uh, a park ranger guy that moves to this small town in in like some cold place in America, and basically it's like a murder mystery where someone dies, and then the small town slowly comes together and then eventually starts tearing each other apart. And then it's like a mystery to see like who's the werewolf? Is there a werewolf? Is the werewolf real? And all this kind of mm. shit. But okay, hey. I like when the when the mystery unfolds on uh, multiple levels. So like yeah. you got the murder mystery, but then there is like the occult mystery layer on top yeah. of that, and then you have in in very question where the you know where where the uh, the overlap is. And so yeah, I like that. I like when they do that. That's kind of like what drew me into things like the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. You know what I mean? Things like that. It, it kind of has that feel to it where you're investigating where the reality of the, uh, of the, uh, <laughs> where the fiction is. ends yeah. and the reality begins. I do. I do like that, that theme. So yeah, that's cool. That sounds really interesting. And I do like the, um, it wasn't bad. The, uh, the allegory of the werewolf as, uh, you know, an allegory for the beast within man is yeah. always a salient <laughs> one for, for fantasy uh, buffs. So. And pretty much all the characters had some <clears throat> sort of beast within them. You know, they're all kind of, like, fucked up. The whole, the whole mm-hmm. thing about the town is, like, they're all a bunch of weirdos. 
You know what I'm saying? Like the uh, you had the crazy me. dog lady. You had the the fucking anything with small towns. Typically, they everyone is eccentric. I'll say eccentric because I don't mm-hmm. want to call them crazy because that's dismissive. Because there's generally crazy people involved sometimes. Because there's much <laughs> less impetus to conform, you know. Or the... exact. And I was just thinking the exact <laughs> same thing is like yo when you get into the bigger uh, population settings like. The, the design and that's why when you go to places like new york you get conformity is so important mm-hmm. places like you know tokyo hyper conformity in the population but as soon as you go to the outskirts as soon, the farther away you know the the pressure to do so yep. alleviates and and people and i think that's kind of like the natural uh expression is that people are going to differ when it comes to the points in which conformity try to bring us together so yeah. Anyway, sorry. That was a, <laughs> that, that that popped into my head as soon as you said that. I'm glad you had the same thought. Yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, it was. I mean, it wasn't the best, but it was pretty funny. And um, overall, I, I overall I thought it was pretty well written. Right. Some of the characters were a bit annoying, but most of the time it was pretty funny. That's good. And, uh, well, that's yeah, what's important. Was, was as long enjoyable. as the the yeah. comedy maintains. Yeah. Like I didn't. I didn't regret. Like this guy is like um heavily in- influenced by Mr. Rogers. Like. The movie opens with a Mr. Rogers quote, and his whole shtick is like he's like he's super nice. He's like, and he has a hard time dealing with all these shitty, shitty weirdos in this small town because he's so uh, nice, idealistic. Nah, I. I, I, Does he believe it or is it a facade? Uh, no, he's real. He he's he's. Uh, I want to say bitch made, but that's like the rude way to put it. But you know, he's just like a pushover. I guess that's the best way to put okay, it. Okay, because you know, like Mr. Roger wasn't a pushover, and I think a lot of people miss that about him. You know what I mean? Like Mr. Rogers was, he was a stalwart for the things that he believed in. You know what I mean? And yeah, but Mr. Was Rogers was also a grown ass old man who had yeah. plenty of time to yeah, cultivate to grow, yeah. who. <laughs> oh, so this guy's young. He I take it. Yeah, he's a young security guard. Oh, like, you can't be jaded like, at that age. Shit. Shit. Yeah, he's Shit. not jaded. He's completely open into the world and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and wants everybody to get along and treat your neighbor well. Yeah, that's not it. Uh, that's, that's not going to get you It is rather far. problematic for him, yes. That is <laughs> that is uh, quite the detriment uh, for him sometimes. But, you know, that's he's... He's chosen his path and, he, and, he, and he's stalwart in his path, so I'm, I'm with him for that. Yeah. Like at one point, like somebody actually calls him out for it, and he was like, "You know what? Ain't nothing wrong with being a nice guy. That's right. I am. I am fucking nice. No, I am a freaking nice guy." <laughs> you know, and and the, the the part about the nice guy persona that that uh, always gets me is when they feel like that other people have to also subscribe to why you choose to be nice. It's like, no, no, no. You could be a nice guy and be gratified by you being a nice guy. Have no expectations of other people being nice to you or being nice to each other because I promise you they won't be. <laughs> I promise you. I mean, I'm sure he knows that, standard. right? But, you know, it's it's about trying to foster betterment in the world rather than trying to delude yourself exactly. into and that's believing why it's something it's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? But And that's why, you know, it's for them to – they should take gratification in their own actions rather than – looking for uh, uh, gratification from the people around them because you know But that's care. not to say that everyone, mm. you know, not, not to say everyone that is a genuinely nice person receives mm. gratification oh, in no, the no, same no, no, way. No. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. Yes, if I you agree. are that type of person, if you're not actually a nice person and you're just putting on that facade in order mm-hmm. to get something in return, then yes, it's not a good thing. You're doing it all wrong. You're missing the entire point. Oh yeah, no, no. I was just referencing him in particular because that character. Oh, like, his character yeah. isn't like that though. 
Well, I mean, the the expectation of, of other people are shitty and it's a problem for me is you not accepting other people's oh, rights I, and shit. I, I guess I, mis- I must have misrepresented him from how, how, how I explained it, but that's not how his character <clears throat> comes off in the film. Okay. Well, yeah, I guess it's one to check out. Uh, but yeah, man, did you uh, did you get to see Morbius? Ah, uh, no. Nah. Not, not even. Don't worry, you're you're I'm just, you're, you're um, in the majority. I'm just, <laughs> I haven't been hearing anything that makes me think it's worth seeing. Neither have this I. Early. Well, However, I did think it was very appropriate that it came out on April Fools. Yeah, but yeah, it, well, I guess people are seeing it today. Today's the thirty first, and so, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's going to drop, I guess, to the public. Is this early viewing? It, it's possible doing? that it's the, they just came, they just saw early viewing, but it's a official oh, okay. release date is on the first well, of April. Well, That's you know, what, like I'll, the date on the posters and shit. A lot of people are shitting on it on social media, talking about look how dead the the theater is, and it's like, yeah, but I guess it's it's not even opening night yet, really. You know, right? Technically, tomorrow would be opening night. Or do they consider opening night the midnight or of the morning that it's supposed to release? Uh, it would be like midnight tonight would be the opening night. But yeah, official release date is April 1st, 2022. Yeah, so yeah, I think it's kind of shitty that people were <laughs> were putting it out there like, yo, theaters are dead. Like, ah, oh, come on. I mean, and they I'm might not know, good. right? They might not know. I specifically know that because I remembered it and I thought, like, oh, like this shit comes out on April Fool's. I'm like... I, I wouldn't do that, but, you know, that's just me. I would never want to launch anything on April's Fools. It so just seems like... It's, it's possible that people don't know that it's not supposed to be officially out until tonight. Yeah, you know, but, man, let me tell you, bro, I'm not hearing very good things either. Oh, yeah, nah, nah. It's been... Like, um, Heavy Spoilers is, a, is, a, is like, one of the YouTubers that I usually watch for, like, um, reviews and compilations of stuff and, like, good in-depth, like, Easter eggs and shit like that about movies. And he actually did an early review about this one, and it was, like, yeah. The, from my understanding, a lot of the, the people who got to see it early are, like, yeah, no, it's... Yeah. It, it, the plot's not good. It's not very coherent. And the CGI is terrible, which is like, oh, dear. Oh, you can't do that, bro. Oh, dear. You can't do that, bro. It's like the one thing that would have cushioned the blow. Nah. You're not not allowed to do that because CG is, like, very technical. And it's like, yo, bro, you're allowed to fumble the artistic parts. But, like, the CG is is, is supposed, you you know, especially when it comes to superhero movies. Like, that's what made the genre was the integration of CG made it finally able to to make the spectacle of superheroes uh, translatable to cinema. And if you're not doing that shit well in 2022, then, then just stop. But, you know, I feel like a lot of these movies are made out of spite anyway. I mean, it's not. I don't think and so. I, and, think and I mean, it's just, I mean that in hyperbole, but you know, I, I think it's just this is classic Sony. If you think about it, right? Sony has really only had um, out of all of their comic book movies, Sony has had maybe four or five of them be critically. Do they do and, better in foreign markets? Um, Say again? Do they do better in foreign markets? Uh, they depend. That depends. I'm not sure. Because uh, uh, I, I can imagine breakdowns. it might not do better in any independent in, in in any individual foreign market. But I don't know. I, I'm I'm just trying to think of a reason why they might be making movies that do poorly in our market. I mean, no, they're just because maybe they're made for a more global audience. Nah, 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 no? bro, no fucking way. Because if that was the case, then they would have learned by now. You know what I'm saying? Like Spider-Man yeah. Three was terrible. Uh, um, um, the the second uh, Andrew Garfield Spider Man was not great. 
It was um, not great. I wouldn't say it was terrible. Reason, but it was definitely not great. The only reason <laughs> why uh, 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 No Way Home, the Tom Holland Spider-Man, is doing so well is because of Marvel's influence. Oh, right. Well, I don't even consider that a Sony product. Really. I would like. I can't even like give them any credit for that. It and feels they, like they, they had don't no have any it. creative credit for it. Marvel did all the creative yeah. aspects of it. You know, so it's like they've Sony has proven time and time again that when they. Oh, X-Men First Class uh, uh, um, was, like, the only... was, like, the best of the three of them. You know what I'm saying? fucking Deadpool. Oh, my God. You know what I'm saying? Like... Oh, wait, no, that's Fox. I'm sorry. Let let me stop doing that. Let me stop doing that to Sony. I apologize. Well, wait. I apologize. Fox wasn't working in... in, 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 with Sony on those? No, Fox had the um, the X-Men franchise. Oh, really? And Sony had the Spider-Man franchise. Oh, okay. So, wait. So, they didn't do the the X-Men movies? Those were Fox. Sony didn't. No, those were those were Fox movies. Wow, so many production houses have had their hands on this IP, man. They had they've had Fox, Sony, fucking Marvel. Jeez. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much it. Marvel sold off the rights to to those two big ones, and I think Columbia had um the Hulk, but I'm not really sure what they're doing with that. But that's one of the main reasons why you haven't seen another Hulk movies because, like, it's partially owned by Columbia who released the first one, so they're like. They they don't I guess they're not really trying to do deal with the the legalities of making a Oh no, one. that sounds like a shit show. Are you kidding me? Yeah, because it's too valuable a property right now. They want a piece of the Avengers pie without having to earn it and then <laughs> they know they have the they know they have the the leverage that Marvel if Marvel comes to them for that character, they know they have the leverage for it. Dude, I hate business the way business is conducted because it's 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 really not friendly to like artistic expression and they're that's what they're monetizing you know what i mean like yeah you gotta have the balance of the artistic and the business side if you want to get super far yeah you know lacking either in either one will only get you to a certain level and at this point when it comes to marvel i think that they've hit peak oil Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i don't know if there's any more easily mineable IPs, even though there's tons of IPs that you can give to like a James Gunn or a Ryan Coogler to like reinvigorate and just do their own thing with, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's still cool, but yeah, I don't know if there's a lot of easily mineable off of the big names like the X Men and Avengers. Yeah, they they pretty much hit all the big ones. I mean, to be even fair, even though they haven't hit X Factor. To be fair, the only big ones are X Men, um, uh, uh, uh the X Men franchise. The Spider-Man franchise and uh, damn, what was the third one that I'm not? Fantastic Four. Mm. Those are the three. Oh when my Marvel god! Was and they just fumbled in the Fantastic 90s, Four back way too many times. <laughs> when Marvel was having trouble in the '90s, they sold those off to those big companies. So pretty much Marvel and uh, uh, Iron Man was bottom tier at that point. You feel me? Mm. Like, like he was one of the, he was one of their C-listers. I've never that really known like, hey, outside let's of do the that. Avengers. So I mean, when they launched much. him solo, it was very surprising to me. I mean, I was still familiar with him because I really liked the Iron Man cartoon growing up. Yeah, that, yeah. That intro was fucking sick. Oh, you I know what? Yeah, because that was a thing. But even the cartoon had the Avengers in it. You know what I mean? Scarlet yeah, they Witch had a, they had a ton of cameos in that, yeah, in War that Machine. Album, in that genre. That's where I really fell in love with uh, Rhodey, though. War Machine though. was fucking fresh. War yeah. Machine was my favorite character in the Iron Man show, but um, in, in the Iron Man animated series. But yeah. You know what I mean? Like they also cameoed into all the other ones, like in the the Spider Man universes and shit, and the subsequent Hulk shows that they eventually came out with. Absolutely, it was kind of crazy how Iron Man has always been a secondary character in his own show, in my eyes personally, <laughs> until the movies came out. Until the movies came out, because when I think about it, I think about 
the Iron Man animated series, and I definitely watched it for all of the supporting cast. Even the villains oh, were cool. Shit. I mean, man. I'm the opposite, man. That suit was always super dope to me, and like, I would always mm-hmm. hope Iron Man would show up in the other shows because he had one mm-hmm. of the coolest, coolest suits. Especially because he was also in um Marvel vs. Capcom. Yeah, Marvel's Capcom and Marvel's Superheroes at the time, or no, well, some of those other fighting games. So it was like, it was super dope to see. There's always a War Machine Iron outfit Man. for me when he came out. You when know, he was an Iron and Man, when, it was a War Machine. And then War Machine suit. eventually himself eventually came out yeah, too. Yeah, they fused them together. That was kind of broke. So it was, it was, it, it, it was, it was dope, man. I, I like seeing Iron Man. He was always super cool to me. The, the, but you know, I, I like Mecha shit. I'm with the mm-hmm. mecha shit and it's and the Well for me technology. it was like you had to I had to choose between Iron Man and Rhodey. You couldn't be both of them. That went in the show. I, I was like, yo, you're either team Iron Man, you're team Rhodey. So I was like, yo, I'm, I mean, I'm down with Rhodey, bro. They're on the same team. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm just talking about when you choose a favorite character. Well, I had yeah. a brother, so my brother I, got you, I, got I couldn't you. have the same favorite character as him. So you, you choose what you choose who you can get. But um yeah, no. I guess the dynamics uh, of how you get your childhood preferences uh vary. But yeah, man, fucking Iron Man. Yeah, uh, Sony has not def- uh, been in their bag when it comes to their uh, handling of Marvel properties, nah, for the man. most part. Taking too many liberties, man. But Venom was a fluke, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is an anomaly. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I feel like people were giving Venom a lot of latitude again, for yeah, the good the first parts. Venom was very then, okay. Yeah, I, do, I don't remember like super hyping and it then up. The second, the second one wasn't was very actually, good. I, 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 like, I think the second one is better than the first one in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Okay, it's not I will the greatest, but it was, it was, it was definitely like, I gave him a five one. and a six respectively. That's, yeah, that's fair. You know, so in the way of, of superhero movies, I get a, a, oh, yeah, a nah, large nah, amount of them yeah. skewed to the higher end for yeah, me personally. Nah, so, nah, 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 nah. nah. It can't, it can't compare to the, to the top echelon of superhero no. movies. No, no, no. <laughs> it can't do that. So, yeah. But, yeah, you, anything else you've been uh, watching? Nah, that's about it, man. I haven't been watching too much shit. That's what's up. So, yeah, man, we'll go ahead and jump on into some of these here topics. So, uh, yeah, man, uh, in the gaming industry, I just wanted to talk a little bit more about this thing going on with Bungie because, boy, has that... Uh, ripened into quite the story because they have so Bungie went through a situation where everything with their in their IP was uh, DMC stricken off of YouTube Um, obviously they did not want to do that because a lot of uh, material was stricken off of their own channels and that was obviously not part of their plan so evidently what had happened was is that they had initially uh, had 44 channels in which they went to send out strikes against, um, of which one of them took particular offense and uh, in abusing the YouTube uh, uh, DMCA strike system was able to uh, trick the system into giving him the information <laughs> to strike everything uh with uh their some their... people are so spiteful but you know honestly this is the kind of spite that is kind of good because what it did is that in youtube's suit against them they have now revealed some massive flaws uh, and vulnerabilities phase. yep in the youtube uh dmca strikes uh strike uh um process and so in the course of this, in revealing it, now that it's general knowledge, YouTube 
has to do something about it. <laughs> even if they don't, even if they don't care about what happens, I don't think their system is going to be able to deal with the type of abuse that's about to be codified right now. You know what I mean? And and you know, there's a lot of bad actors on the internet, <laughs> and it's not because you know, in terms of it's maybe. 0.1% of the of the internet, but that's a lot of people still. Mm-hmm. That's enough. That 0.1% could negatively affect a huge portion of the internet. Yep. You know, it's very disproportionate in one's ability to negatively affect people on the internet. And so, yeah, YouTube, I'm, I'm interested, and, and I'm glad this is happening, honestly. Like, it's spiteful, yes. It's a dick move, yes. It's not something I would choose to do. But in the end, it's going to cause uh, YouTube to have to do something about its current DMCA, DMCA strike uh, process that is hugely abusive to the uh, to the uh, content creator. And and the crazy part is is that in the in the the subpoena, it sh- it details the the process that Bungie. Uh, um, Content, um, media content department had to go through to deal with with YouTube, and man, they treated those niggas like they was just they treated them like they was just some regular old niggas off the street. Mm-hmm. They treated them exactly the same way they treated a a, a channel with fifteen followers, with fifteen subscribers. I mean, it was it was you know, and I'm not saying that I advocate for the for the uh for um the disparate uh treatment of of customers but there there does have to be some acknowledgement that accounts of a certain size do they generate traffic for your platform i don't think that anybody on the platform is going to be surprised it that the the account with six million followers has an account representative I don't, you know what I mean? I don't think that any small YouTuber is going to be surprised or even slighted that they have an account representative that is on top of shit like that. You know what I mean? I mean, that person just didn't want to do their job, man. Well, they didn't even get to a person. They were going through auto. Oh, oh is it still man. the automated system? Yo, dog, they was hitting them oh, with the yeah. automated yeah. service. They had no ability to talk to nobody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy, right? You know what uh, I mean? I mean, that's, I I mean, mean that's the same old story. Not crazy, but yeah. Same old story. Like I said, if, if you have a problem with YouTube, your best bet is to always go public so that someone actually in charge can see it and do something about it. Because yeah, it's, it's designed to do exactly what it's doing. Yeah, and so it literally shows that, yeah, unless you know someone personally yep. at YouTube yep. in the department, because don't, you know, YouTube is extremely compartmentalized. So it's not like you can get someone from another department to intervene on your behalf. No, you have to know someone in YouTube. Uh, terms uh enforcement to get your shit reviewed properly and like that's madness like you keep that's i mean crazy. think about all the channels on youtube man in order mm-hmm. for them to properly staff that they would need a lot of people and i can imagine them absolutely not wanting to spend that much money on bodies i understand they still should do it though oh I'm yeah not saying it's right yeah not saying it's right. I'm uh, yeah. just saying it's in a capitalist oh, environment. I, I see the, yeah, I see in the, a capitalist the, environment, I expect them to take the road the the cheapest road possible until you force them not to. I absolutely yeah, see the impetus to 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 circumvent that uh, taking on that workload um, if you can. Um, but yeah, it's gonna bite you, you know. Especially and the worst part is is like this seems like an extremely unforced error because it's not like a smaller content creator is doing this to them. It's like yo, I think you could have circumvented Bungie getting so mad at you that they're bringing on major legal suit 
Onto not to them actually. The suit is against um. I mean, is, is against the, the to be fair the trolls. YouTube but, has had a lot of chances to update that system. It ain't the first time they've been through some shit like this. You know what I mean? No. So it's a good thing that Bungie did take it that far. Abs- oh, I'm absolutely happy that they're litigious about this. They need to be. It's the yep. only way this gets fixed. You yep. know what I mean? And and YouTube completely is is you know they were off to the side and they're just getting hit with the scatter shot and it's like bro you didn't even have to be in the range of this shit. You could have very easily made this a non-situation for yourself. You know what I mean? And it's totally on the trolls and all of that stuff. It's but one no. of those um, short-term game versus long-term rewards things. Somebody was like, yo, if we just automate that shit, think about how quickly them shits would just come in and go. We ain't even got to deal and with I mean, it. And I mean, I'm sure Alphabet is getting pissed off at this now, too, because now uh, Google is being pulled into the suit because they're the ones who actually have the the private data for the, the trolls who are doing it. And so now they're being subpoenaed for the information of the people who are breaking the law, which they are, I guess, technically obliged to provide. You know what I mean? Because they're breaking their TLC by by doing this, by committing fraud over their platform. And so it's like, man, you know, like, dude, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, you got to be careful who you piss off sometimes because they'll they'll pay, take it all the way up the ladder. And it's like, God damn, dude, this could have stopped so long ago on your behalf, mm-hmm. on their behalf. The trolls, they're going to get, they're going to, you know, their lawyers are going to have a field day with that. But this had... Really didn't have much to do with YouTube if YouTube would have just like yeah, seen the problem had and many opportunities <laughs> to update that particular problem. Yeah, they've had many high-profile cases of people having to do just this. You know, what I'm saying whether it be fifteen thousand YouTubers or I mean, subscribers or a million subscribers, mm-hmm. lots of content creators have been through that with them. So it's one of the things, man, where it's just like. You know, the more someone, someone had to sue them. Yes, yeah, so the more someone ass. gets away with something, the more they think it's okay to do that thing. So, <laughs> and unfortunately, that's the, that's the only way spoiled kids learn is like mm. them fucking up so badly mm. that they have to pay for it, and they're like, "Oh, maybe I shouldn't do that." It's so funny because you, you hear them talk about the entitlement generation. That's the entitlement generation mm-hmm. is the people running these companies. Yep. Like, you got to be hella entitled to think that that's gonna oh, yeah. fly. But yeah. Anyway, moving on from that, you got uh, Sony's ready to launch their uh, their streaming service, Spartacus, Project Spartacus. Fucking dumb. Bro. So at this point, the it's streaming not, services are starting to hit critical mass in the same way that cable television networks started hitting cable, uh, I mean, started hitting critical mass before their, um, before their business model failed. Mm-hmm. And... This is kind of what I mean by, like, people just aren't paying attention. The, at what point do, do do these companies stop and say, hey, you know what? More so than jumping into a market to be a competitor in hopes that my my competitors fail or do something stupid, what is it that actually makes this market? Why is it that Game Pass is popular? And that's because the Microsoft has a huge crossover market with PC. And PC gamers are already very amenable to the streaming subscription platform's model. And so Xbox already had a huge in to float Game Pass to make it marginally profitable while it's losing uh, I'm sorry you can't even be marginally profitable while you're losing money but Game Pass loses money the fact that that they had a a community that was uh, willing to cross over 
made it so that they were able to stymie that hemorrhaging somewhat. Sony has no such benefit. Uh, 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 I don't think that the Final Fantasy XIV community or, or the COD community, which are their big uh, online communities, want to add an additional subscription on top of their battle passes to play their games. No, they're just going to stick with their battle pass, do whatever they got to do to get online, and they'll they'll buy their online access individually. There's no real way to to cuz they don't want to play 400 plus games. You know what I mean? They're not interested. And so if you have limited discretionary funds, you're not going to get that. You don't have Sony has not gone through the through the work similarly to how Amazon, what was theirs called again? I forgot already. Stadia? No, that was Google's. Google's oh. Stadia, which also Stadia, the same thing. Um, what, damn, what was Amazon's called? It was some bullshit, too. Um, but anyway, they they didn't have crossover markets for it, even though Amazon's is being pushed with Prime, and that's how they're trying to capitalize on crossover markets. But you can't start a subscription service thinking that people who play individual products want to subscribe to something for a bunch of things that are nothing like the product in which they purchased. That's not how people consume video games. Um, Luna. Was it Amazon Luna? Yeah, Luna. I think I saw something like that, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Amazon's Luna is being marketed with Prime, so that's how they're going to keep Luna floating while they try to do it. I don't see how they're going to keep that going because Sony's online subscription models also are trash. The ones yeah, they currently have. I was just have. wondering, are you going to pay for that and PlayStation, PlayStation Plus? Or Plus, yeah. Nah, I don't, I don't want to play for PlayStation Plus, much less, you know, anything else. So it's like, yo, that's crazy. You know, Nintendo's models, you know, they're pretty much working on the fact that their install base is every piece of hardware they sell. And they have the best-selling um, system out right now. The Switch is number one. So, you know, it is... I don't see how these other subscription uh, streaming services are going to stay afloat, and it keeps failing. And I say all of that to say, why are they trying to go down the route, and they're failing down the route of a of a business model that we've already seen what it does to an industry? It runs it into the ground. It ruins the model. It 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 it, it like if you look at programming today. It's all ratings driven. Like we don't want to see video games go down that route. And that's what you're getting. That's why a lot of the games are made for much broader audiences. And a game like a like an Elden Ring is such a uh uh you know, a diamond in the rough is because, you know, it's made for its audience, you know what I mean? And it 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 does that really well, and it'll attract new people to the audience because it's a good example of what it is. And if you didn't like it or you don't want to play it, you won't. But that's fine, and they're not compromising because of it but that's not a, a business model that flourishes in general in this like hyper saturation market you know so I, I i don't like to see that that uh all of these companies that are entering into the video game industry are not entering them on the on the level of game design they're entering them into the video game industry on the level of of distribution platforms and that's like a vacuous thing. You know what I mean? It's not a very it's a it's not a productive thing to add to any and it's the Amazon model. You bring nothing productive to a market. 
you just provide an extra marketplace that that con- that's consolidated with a bunch of other marketplaces to provide convenience but none of that is actually adding value to a market you know what i mean and i and i dislike that they're taking the amazon model or and the amazon model is based off of the hypersaturation model of cable television and that's all trash you know what i mean we know where this all leads but yeah so it's uh we'll, we'll see you know uh steam does its thing you know steam steam does its thing because of that PC community that I'm talking about. And if you look at the... There's a lot of overlap between the Steam community and the Game Pass community. You know, that that's what I was referencing. But you're not going to see a lot of overlap between any Sony, Sony online uh, uh, streaming platform and any other considerable community in, in, uh, that's currently out there right now. And so... You know, I don't think they have what it takes to make this uh, this new one, Project Spartacus, any better than uh, than uh, what is it, Stadia or the other failed streaming services out there. <laughs> but yeah, moving on from that, uh, you know, I thought this was really interesting. So the uh, the Oscars happened the other night, and then there was a after party that Jay Z had thrown. Um, I believe, I don't know if uh, Beyonce was his co-host, but of course she was also there with him. And, you know, they uh, they threw the, the, the after party at the Marmot. And I know it's a very swanky hotel, uh, five star, whatever. But um, it's been under a labor dispute for, I think, the past eight months. And so, you know, they chose to plan this party at a at a hotel that is currently under a labor dispute and the worst part is is that you know the staff of this uh of this hotel is mostly black women and they're the ones who are leading this strike and the fact that Jay-Z and uh and Beyonce felt it was necessary to to break a picket line just to throw a party it really it really shows a lot about what they feel towards black people because there's a lot of really nice hotels in LA that they could have thrown their party at. They didn't have to go out of their way to choose one that was currently in a labor dispute. And if you're looking at any of this stuff, this is it's not difficult to find out. It's not difficult to find out. Especially if you go there and you speak to the staff. I'm pretty sure they're petitioning for people, especially any uh, celebrities on, uh, on on the grounds. They're, you're going to see what's going on. You know what I mean? They're, they're striking at the hotel. I can't imagine that that he was unaware of what he was doing. And, you know, you know I, I guess, you know, you can't expect people to, to give a shit about the plight of other people. But for someone like, I don't know, for someone like Beyonce who talks about you know, supporting black women and all of this stuff like that. It's a bad look. I find it to be a, a, an exceedingly bad look because, you know, there's not a lot. And, you know, I talk a lot about breaking picket lines. You know, workers don't have many things that they can do to to uh, to to uh, barter on their own behalf to make sure that the conditions are at least reasonable that they work in, you know. And so for this place to be under under such scrutiny and the allegations are pretty damning you know uh uh 
from guests to management sexually abusing or sexually harassing women on the grounds like it, it, it it's not a an environment that you want to support you know especially if you care about the plight of the people who work there now if you don't care you don't care that's one thing but i don't think that you should have an image or i guess the public should be aware that that is a that is a projected image you know that's a projected image of of caring about people and 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 what they what they go through in, when it comes to solidarity you know with with people who are oppressed and suffering but you know I feel like a lot of shit goes goes overshadowed by the minutia and and uh, the antics of things that that happen in this society. But the malfeasance of the people who who carry the the public face of this uh, of of a lot of movements, I think that shit it says a lot about people. And it, and it's the kayfabe society that we live in that people just they don't care, they don't care and. You know, it's why I, you know, I can understand why people get despondent and 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 despaired, and they don't believe that anything is ever going to change, because too many people are complicit just through through turning a blind eye to from what's happening towards what's entertaining, you know, and and I guess that's that's the goal of the noise engine is to keep you distracted from the 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 fucked up shit that's happening, the really fucked up shit that's happening, but you know, that's what I thought was really uh, important was that despite you know the air of 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 labor unrest in this country you know the people who who claim who and who profit the most off of the public because entertainers profit very greatly off of the public you know we we fund them we give we we pay for all of this stuff that they that they uh that they uh uh enjoy in their lavish lives so you know to to show that they have such little regard for those people, you know, it it's just proof positive that, you know, we really shouldn't be idolizing anybody and no celebrity. We really shouldn't, you know, and, and it's hard not to because they're presented to us in this this larger than life perspective. But they ain't shit. Everybody ain't shit, as Earth Gang says. <laughs> Which I love that track, yo. Earth Gang and um fucking Dreamville just dropped a mixtape with DJ K Slay. Nice. That shit is fucking fire, my nigga. Yeah, K Slay and Dreamville, yo. That mixtape is stupid. Oh, what's it called right now? Oh, damn, bro. That fucking brain farts are killing me right now. Um, but yeah, it, it's I think it's called D Day. D Day. Yeah, that shit is fucking and Fuego. Definitely listen to that. But um, yeah, yeah. I guess I I guess I have a genuine reason to dislike Jay Z now instead of my uh. My uh, my conspiracy theory that he was sleeping with Jay- with Beyonce before she was of age, but yeah, dude, Jay Z, that's not a good look, bro. It really isn't, you know. And 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 it just shows, like, my nigga, like, this support black business shit doesn't go all the way to the top at all. They just they want us to support black businesses, which is understandable. The real purchasing power is in the mass of people, but nonetheless. Buy what's effective and and cost effective and beneficial to you. I don't think that focusing on 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 the race of the the company or the owner of the company is going to matter because you, you you're fighting an uphill battle and and you don't have enough resources at your hand to 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 begin with. So yeah, moving on from that. Uh, what else was going on? 
Dude, I saw this shit was... This really kind of blew my mind. So, New York State and the city of Buffalo, uh, I guess, are working with one of the local billionaires to build a stadium. And they're giving him $750 million to build a stadium? Like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, we really have to uh, reevaluate our government when... People are building recreational stadiums. There's no such thing as a stadium that was needed. Okay? Your city didn't need a stadium. A recreational entity wanted to build a stadium. And the state and city are taking federal or and, and municipal funds to give to a private entity to build something for entertainment and leisure? How the fuck does that pass? You know what I mean? Like, how the fuck does that does that happen? Like, I'm not saying don't build a stadium. I'm saying don't give them money to build a stadium. Let them build a stadium. I promise you they'll make their money back. Stadiums are profitable entities. Especially when you get the contract with the team to play in the stadium. You know what I mean? Like, I, don't, I just don't understand. Like, how the fuck does politics get to the point where our government is paying private entities to build recreational stadiums that shit's out of control you know the 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 state of new york let me tell you man and and you don't hear anything about this you don't hear this in the in 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 the news you know like uh you know i can only imagine how much money uh los angeles gave gave uh uh them to build a forum you know that shit that's it's absurd you know and and tax dollars it, you know, I've always been one my for the vast majority of my life to support pay your taxes. It's it is important. You should do it. It's part of the contribution of being a citizen. It makes sense to we all need roads. We all need bridges. And, you know, those are just, you know, those are the kind of uh, the staple uh, examples that everyone uses. But it, it's true. You know, we utilize these things. And and if you don't utilize them directly, I'm sure you should contribute to the bridges that the Amazon trucks deliver your shit over. You know what I mean? Like, in general, it's just good for everyone to contribute to those things. But when your tax dollars are being so terribly misused, like, holy shit, dude. Like, I can understand why why, why poor people would have an issue with paying taxes. Now, rich people evade taxes even though they benefit from the government, which that part, that's their own psychopathy. I can't imagine how you could how you could benefit from the government structure and have zero uh, uh, a desire as a citizen to pay back into it while you look at other people and tell them that they're bad citizens for not paying their taxes and they should go to jail for tax evasion and these things. It, it, it's a real psychopath mentality. But yeah, you know, our governmental system is completely and utterly skewed when cities and states are giving private entities it's not like i can understand if the if the state was going to build it and they were going to start like a a public works project to employ people and they were going to start up like a citizen construction brigade and then make that you know kind of like a, a city fixture and then move that that construction brigade around the city uh, after this project to start fixing other, like, you know, I could understand a plant if a city wanted to build a stadium, but that's not what they're doing. They're giving your fucking tax dollars away 
And they ain't doing shit with it. You ain't going to get none of that money back. None of it. None of the proceeds from that stadium will get paid back to you outside of the property taxes that it sits on. And those property taxes are not commensurate with its income. I promise you. I promise you. You know? Like, it, it, it's a real fucking shame, the, the state uh, of municipal and federal governments. And honestly, you know, if you believe in that system, absolutely you should pay your taxes. But I do not fault anybody who decides that they want to opt out of that shit. Because, boy, it burns to have to, to watch the people who you might have elected for, you might not have elected, you know. But the people who are, are responsible for representing you just completely shit the bed completely shit the bed it's a fucking damn shame but yeah i was super disappointed in that um did you see that uh states are starting to vote on or or they're starting to i guess form um committees to research reparations (laughs) hey listen listen california's committee was the first one to move and they, uh, the first thing that they voted on, uh, in terms of how they're uh, they're interested in establishing their handling of reparations, is that it will be uh, lineage based reparations, not race based reparations. Which honestly, I don't, I don't not support that. You know what I mean? Because what it does is that it really brings up the question, and I think a very valid question, one that should be uh, discussed uh, in in places that actually have American descendants of, of slaves uh, present, but it brings up the question of, is reparations about slavery or is reparations about racism? And that's a very valid question. I personally, and this is just my opinion, I believe that reparations is a is for slavery it is for something i don't believe that you can give reparations for racism um because racism is an ideology and a system it's not an a single act on a person you you dig what i'm saying i'm i'm, I'm not sounding crazy am i gotcha okay and so <laughs> so the only response that we could have to racism and this is something that we learned from the Peace and Reconciliation Commissions in South Africa, who's genuinely faced the issue of racism. It's not solved, but they have faced it at least. And that is authentic, genuine apologies and a genuine change in the system. That's all you can genuinely do to deal with racism. Now, the act of slavery the theft of people, the imprisonment of people, the abuse of people, the rape of people. Now, that's something that that you can get reparations for, okay? And so that's why I do believe in the lineage-based form of reparations, you know? I have a firm enough understanding of community that to know that if I don't need to directly receive reparations to benefit from reparations. We all benefit when our communities are repaired. So I do, you know, fight on the side of reparations, even though I don't fight on the side of reparations that come to people who don't claim a lineage from slavery. You know, 
And so that vote on that, I think, was interesting. I think it created, but you know, that's not even, I'm not even the arbiter of that. You know, that's just my opinion. I'd love to hear how other people feel about that because it's a conversation that needs to be had, you know? And also what that does is it also allows us to address other issues in the, the, the African-American community, like the multiplicity of, of cultures that exist within the black diaspora in America. It's not just black people. You know, it, it calls into question, like, we didn't create blackness, but we're trying to define blackness. You know what I mean? The idea of race was something that was perpetrated on us. We were just people before Western society started perpetrating the idea of blackness on us. And so we are in a struggle to define something that is perpetrated on us. And, and now that's to say that that's something separate from African-American culture. Now, African-American culture is something that people can define as members of that culture. But blackness, and, and this is important to understand because most people's conception of reparations says you just give it to black people. And that I don't think is going to be how reparations are enacted in this country. Reparations aren't just going to be money to black people. And I don't think it ever was going to be that, you know, and I think that that was part of the rhetoric that was used to scare people away from the idea of reparations. But I'm glad that this, these kind of questions are coming up now because now we can have realistic conversations realistic conversations because you know when you're talking about like oh okay so reparations are for people who can actually uh trace their lineage back to before 1900 okay well now we can talk about it what if we have proof of enslavement or indentured servitude up until 1960 can those people be redressed can they be repaired as well? You know what I mean? We can't have that conversation if we don't talk about who's getting what. You know what I mean? So that's why I, I, I'm glad that at least these conversations are being taken seriously and they're being taken to committee and they're asking real questions. Now, do, the, do I think that the people who need to be in the room to help make good decisions on those questions are in the room? Nope. Not even a little bit. But, you know, you can't get it all, right? You know, it, it steps. And so now that Rome this wasn't built in a day, man, miracles <laughs> don't exist. You usually got to build shit up from the ground up. Yeah. And we're not and we're not going to get repair for 400 years in a decade, in 10 decades. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to be a process. And even though I don't see it even in the foreseeable future, this is the conversation that needs to start happening for it to ever happen. And so, yeah, I, I was just. I was I was I was happy about it. A lot of people were poo-pooing that they were voting and trying to differentiate between who gets it and who doesn't get it. But I don't even think that that's really as controversial an argument as I think that there's a lot there's a few loud voices making a issue of it because their whole business is to make issue of things. You know what I mean? And it's not like a genuine issue that you'll find dispersed throughout the public. Because most people find it relatively uncontroversial that I speak to. But obviously, it's anecdotal. That's not. I don't have a sample of, of the whole population. But, you know, I, I do generally look for feedback from a, 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 a plurality of people. And that's not what I'm getting back, you know. But, yeah, 
I, I definitely look forward to seeing uh, how this progresses because it, it has the potential to be to be uh, very important. But yeah, moving on from that, um, dude, this really kind of threw me off, man. So uh, a little while back, well, I shouldn't say a little while back, about at the beginning of this show, about two and a half years ago, we reported on some Mexican students that had been abducted. And, you know, after about eight months, we kind of knew what the dealio was. And so their remains had started popping up and they knew that these children, these uh, students had been has had been uh, murdered. Um, needless to say, the new president was elected in and he promised to investigate this. And unfortunately, the un- not unfortunately, but. The investigation came back um, with a significant evidence that implicated the Mexican Navy as the intelligence behind who was directing the uh, the uh, cartel to pick up these these kids. And so, yeah, that's super disturbing that that high up in the 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 Mexican military is completely in bed with the cartel, you know, like. Man, governments, man, there's no place to run, man. Governments are proving themselves to to around the world be relatively shameless in the kind of malfeasance that they're willing to commit on their populations. Like, that's crazy. Military? So, I mean, they have to be, they have to be, uh, they have to be well-connected at a very high level. The, the Mexican cartel to operate on the level that they do across borders. But damn, dude, for the Mexican, for the for the Mexican uh, parliament investigative body to 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 find the Navy that heavily implemented. It's wild. Yeah, man. I don't know. where you, I, I, As a Mexican person, I don't know how you deal with your you know what I mean? Uh, uh, with your government like we know, like we just pretend here, you know, like we pretend. But, you know, at least our government isn't you know, kidnapping, you know, 40 children with the drug cartel and murdering them. You know what I mean? Like, that's a whole nother level of government malfeasance that I wouldn't even, like, I have problems with what goes on in our government here. That shit is next level, bro. So, yeah, you know, I just wanted to, to follow up with that because I know we mentioned it, kind of fell off for a long time, but, yeah, I... That was the first thing I had heard back from that in a while, and I just couldn't believe that the Mexican Navy was part of this whole abduction scheme. But yeah, moving on from that, we'll wrap up uh, with a little bit of talk on on what's going on abroad in the uh, in the war zone. And uh, boy, you got this guy Zelensky, man. He's on a a a, a bang up tour around the world, yo, and. He just recently uh, went to the UN and asked uh, and asked for all the nations to to open up their oil reserves, and I'm like, yo, how does if they think that they're gonna stifle the Russian military by asking the world to counter their energy production supremacy through opening up the taps? That shit is crazy. That that sounds like some kind of op. Like that doesn't that doesn't like you have so much shit going on in your fucking country right now and you're asking people you're asking countries to do that? Dude, you need to be focused on what it's going to take to stop Russia from trying to create a land fucking connection to Crimea because, you know, honestly, 
you know, as wrong as what Russia's doing is, there's tons of tactical reasons why he's doing that, doing this. And 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 one of them is that, you know, Crimea is connected to Russia. The 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 last part of Ukraine that they annexed is only connected to Russia through uh through the Black Sea. You know, they there's no land border. So that there that gives Russia a very large incentive to take that Donetsk and Lubansk regions of of eastern Ukraine to connect itself to something that it's already taken, you know, and NATO with with the Ukraine up until this point being so staunch with 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 saying that they will reserve the right to be part of NATO if they choose puts Putin in a position to justify his movements by saying, listen, if you're going to threaten us and not give us any kind of guarantee that you won't have Polish, you know, troops uh, stationed throughout your your uh, your eastern regions that will cut us off from Crimea. And if you're not going to give us any guarantees that you'll allow us to utilize the land path to, to Crimea, then guess what we're going to do? We're going to take it. And guess what? If most nations like China and India and most nations that can in the region that could and would do something about it, they agree with them. They're going to let them do it because they they want to be able to do the same thing. And every time um, Russia pushes the envelope, they India gets gets more and more brazen with Pakistan China gets more and more brazen with Taiwan, and you know it, it, it. You know, America gambles more and more with the world geopolitics, and all for what? All for what? Because they wanna, they wanna uh, maintain uh, exclusivity in their trading rights with certain regions. Like, bro, that shit's bullshit, yo. The world runs on global trade. Every country wants to trade with every other country. Nobody wants. To have to deal with one country shutting off world markets. No one wants to deal with that shit. This whole sanction regime, this whole military... Yo, let me tell you. I think that America is really putting itself in the crosshairs of the rest of the world by 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 doing this. And and Russia being the 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 brazen, uh, 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 quote-unquote, rogue nation that it is, is going gonna, is gonna to be more than willing... To push the envelope because, you know, there's a little bit of history behind this, you know. And when I say a little bit of history, there's a lot of bit of history, but there's a lot, there's a little bit of contemporary history, you know. Until 2004, Russia was a friend of NATO. They were an allied nation, an allied partner of NATO. They weren't part of NATO because of historical reasons, but they were a f- trading friend of NATO. It wasn't until it wasn't until uh, Obama came into office and said, we're pivoting to China. That all of a sudden now, Russia's not our preferred partner. We don't, we don't like doing business with Russia as if somehow you doing business with Russia was mutually exclusive to doing business with China. When, when you look at it today and Russia and China, two of their business, they're two of the biggest trading partners in the world. You see what I'm saying? Like, there was a bunch of geopolitics being played for no fucking reason, you know? And so you have Obama pivoting 
to 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 towards China, quote unquote, using a lot of hardline rhetoric towards Russia. And Putin's like, but listen, we didn't have to be friends, but you don't have to be a dick about it. And then eight years later, Obama's going out of office, Trump's coming in, but you have in the wake of Trump coming in and pretending to be so friendly with Putin, you have uh uh um Oh, man, I forget the, the senator's name, but you have people from Congress over in Ukraine spending uh, 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 campaign funds to to get to get um, Poroshenko, I think, put in office. I think his name was, you know, and then he eventually gets ousted and we have Zelensky now. But it's through the manipulation of of American politicians and the Ukrainian government that Russia no longer can feel like they can trust it. First, America pivots away from them towards China. For what reason? No one knows because they can have open relationship, trade relations with both. Then they start manipulating the, the governments of their neighboring countries that they have major uh, 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 trade relations with. So what does Russia do? Russia does what Russia does. They take shit. I'm not saying that's right, but I'm saying what geopolitics are you doing to prevent that? Because everything that seems like you're doing is playing right into the, the the motivations of of an aggressive imperialist Russia, you know, and it, and and now it, it makes me feel like well, very rarely do these do these uh, entities, large entities like the American government and the Russian government, and when you speak to them in their totality, they don't usually. Get, move towards things that aren't in their benefit. If it if if Russia's in war, it's because Russia wants to be in war. Russia finds benefit in it. If America isn't punishing Russia in any meaningful way for Russia going to war, it says to me it's because America doesn't mind Russia being in war. And I could see a lot of very salient reasons as to why that would be. Now, none of them include the important reasons like the Ukrainian people's lives. But in the eyes of the American government, what's more important than the Ukrainian people's lives is the American economy. And if America sells guns and energy to the world, they benefit from Russia being mired in a, in a terrible ground war in Ukraine. And so... It seems like all parties are actually getting with, oh, well, not all parties. It seems like on the superpower stage, everyone's getting what they want at the expense of the Ukrainian people. And that sucks, man. We really definitely got to figure that shit out. And I don't think that Zelensky's helping himself by running around on the world stage and looking like an American op. And looking like a NATO op. I don't think that that helps him or his country. Because while, yes, it might get the American public behind war, guess what I don't think is ever going to really happen? I don't think that America is sending ground troops to Russia. All of that saber-rattling and warmongering is only going to get the American uh, people to be silent when they send drones over there. You know, but it's not going to result... And the kind of action that's going to get Russia to stop fucking Ukraine up to take what they want from them. And they're just going to keep chopping up Ukraine. You know what I mean? And I have a strong feeling they're only pushing so far west 
to secure taking what uh, what they want from the east. They're going to take that region that that gives them land connection to Crimea, gives them the northern part of the um, I think it's the Black Sea. I'm pretty sure it's the Black Sea, but yeah. Um, and yeah, they're gonna they're gonna sit on that, you know. And if they can, and then from that position, they'll take whatever easy pickings they can until NATO either does something that can really stop them, or Ukrainian forces make it not desirable or or not profitable for them to keep pushing east. I mean west. I'm sorry, but yeah, that's just my take. Current take on the situation. I appreciate everybody for joining us. If you did enjoy the show, please feel free to subscribe to us at Anchor.fm or on Patreon.com. Also, you can find us on the social media on Twitter at Korea underscore T or at Home Heron. You could also find us on Instagram at Heron's Home Podcast, and you can find me on Instagram at Rico GVO. And always remember, guys, time's only wasted if you choose to waste it. So learn from your mistakes. It's the only thing you ever truly will learn. Learn from. Thanks again for joining us and have a great one, guys. Peace out. Take it easy.